The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Jesus said to the disciples, There was a rich man who had a manager. Charges were brought to him that this man was squandering his property. So he summoned him and said to him, What is this that I hear about you? Give me an accounting of your management because you cannot be my manager any longer. Then the manager said to himself, What will I do? Now that my master is taking the position away from me, I am not strong enough to dig, and I am ashamed to beg. I have decided what to do so that when I am dismissed as manager, people may welcome me into their homes. So summoning his master's debtors one by one, he asked the first, How much do you owe my master? He answered, a hundred jugs of olive oil. He said to him, take your bill, sit down quickly, and make it fifty. Then he asked another, and how much do you owe? He replied, a hundred containers of wheat. He said to him, take your bill and make it 80. And his master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the children of this age are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than are the children of light. And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of dishonest wealth so that when it is gone, they may welcome you into the eternal homes. Whoever is faithful in a very little is faithful also in much, and whoever is dishonest in a very little is dishonest also in much. If, then, you have not been faithful with the dishonest wealth, who will entrust to you the true riches? And if you have not been faithful with what belongs to another, who will give you what is your own? No slave can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. The Gospel of the Lord. So are you all clear with Jesus' teachings now? (laughs) Today's readings are meant to put us into a place of discomfort, to unseat all the ways that we endeavor to be comfortable with our own lives and our own paths, to sit for a moment with the reality what some would call dissonances in our lives. Luke has a pattern of doing this regularly with Jesus' teachings and the way that he shapes Jesus' parables and offers them to us. Often, Luke is writing 
with economics in mind. He lived in a world where people thought about trade and money just like we do. That is part of being in human society after all. He also lived in a world where many Christians and many people were concerned about the injustices in their society, just as we are concerned about the injustices in ours. And Luke and Jesus inhabited a world like ours where nothing is completely free of taint. There is no such thing as righteously gotten wealth, Luke recognizes. As hard as we all work, and as affluent as is the culture around us, we recognize that this society, like every society, is built on a level of injustice. And that our bank accounts reflect that for good and for ill. The word, the Greek word in the text is adikia. You don't have to remember that, but what I want to say is it doesn't just mean dishonest, it can imply unrighteous or unjust. Wealth, Jesus is talking about, could be understood as unjust wealth. It was just last week the lead-up to the service that a member and I were bouncing back and forth the land acknowledgement that we used at the beginning of the service. How many of you knew that Church of Our Savior, and indeed all of Mill Valley, is on unceded Miwok land? The Miwok are still with us. They never said this land can be yours. And yet, our progenitors here took it and then traded with it. The land the Church of Our Savior on was donated, not by the Miwok, but by the Tamil Pius Land Trust, which was the inheritor of that legacy. You start to get the sense, then, of the dissonance as we recognize one reality for a people who were disenfranchised, and another reality in which this community was enfranchised for the building of this parish. A word of advice, don't try to fix it. Sit with it. That's the point. This is the point of Amos, who centuries before Jesus had the terrible task of going to the king and the king's court and telling them in a prosperous time that they were all washed up and that God was not interested in their rituals so long as the poor were being neglected and the marginalized were being ignored. Amos was not a successful prophet. And to illustrate that, like many people who have unsuccessful careers, he went back home and wrote a book. That's why we know what he taught. He had no other choice but to go back home and write it down and go back to doing what he did best, which was to tend sycamore trees 
Some of us would say that's a worthy calling right there. But Amos, as a consequence, was one of the most grumpy prophets. And as I'm fond of saying, that's saying something. Most prophets are grumpy by nature because they have to say things that people don't want to hear. But Amos, like Jesus, lived in an imperfect world, and there was a lot of injustice about, and people who were comfortable needed to be reminded that what they had was not gotten out of all good. That's the uncomfortable thing we have to sit with today. Jesus is not speaking to the crowds in this teaching. He is speaking to his followers, to people who want to get it right, just like you and me, who are at least, or claim to be, on the path with him. And Jesus is telling them that despite everything that they have, may be tainted, may have been gotten somewhat dishonestly, that they are still under the obligation to use it for the good of what Jesus calls the kingdom of heaven. The new reality of God's life with them. And so he pulls up a story they would have all been familiar with. They all knew the absentee landlords who were despised by the common people. He knew that they had probably all met dishonest managers. And most of you have been at some point or another in a managerial position, and you've had to deal with a dishonest or an incompetent employee, right? And what do we do when we encounter that? Well, we either tell them to shape up or ship out, right? That's what good managers do. But Jesus takes that common experience and turns it on his head and talks about this dishonest manager who turns out to be quite shrewd because in order to find a place to land, he holds a fire sale for his master's debt. There's a lot to be taken from that, right? But Jesus' point is this. Everything you have is imperfect. In the language of grace, Jesus says, so what? Use it, he says, for the building up of the new life in God that is being offered to you. And as he tells us elsewhere, don't set your heart on the riches that are passing away. I know we all do it. I have bank accounts too, and a retirement. Many of us do. And we spend a lot of time counting it up and counting it down. But that is not where our life truly is. It's a little bit like last week when Bishop Mark reminded us 
that when we heard the story of the 99 sheep left in the wilderness, we thought we were amongst them, right? But we weren't. We're the lost one, right? And in today's story, we like to think of ourselves as an honest manager. But in fact, I think Luke, maybe Jesus, wants us to see ourselves as the dishonest manager. Because none of us are perfect. Jesus is saying, that's fine, but use what you have for the sake of the true riches. So I leave you this day with a bit of an Ignatian exercise or something we do often in godly play, which is where do you see yourself in this story? To be even more specific than that, if you see yourself as the dishonest manager, where are the true riches in your life? What are you willing to give up for them? Start to inch a little bit closer to the truth of who God is calling you to be. where life is beginning anew in you. God is not interested in our pocketbook balance, but in what we are willing to give up for the sake of what Jesus calls eternal life. The love that we are called to share the community of which we are a part, the healing that is so needed in the world, places to begin. And if nothing else this day, I invite you not to get comfortable with this teaching. Sit with the discomfort. Because there is where wisdom resides for you. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing community welcoming those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907, search for us online, or visit our website at OurSaviorMillValley.org. We wish you God's peace. We hope to greet you in person very soon.